from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, another monthly yarn over the back fence with Walter Williams and Ashley Mack. On the show, we discuss Parking Day, Council's Flood Review, 30 Years of Springfield, the Galvanised Festival, local legend Peter McMahon, and we reminisce about road trips in the 60s and 70s. All this and more in the 206th episode of Ipswich Today. It's Tuesday, September 20, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Walter Williams has called Ipswich home for 31 years and you will know his voice on many TV and radio ads. He was previously heard on QFM, Star FM, River and 4BC. Welcome, Walter. It's good to be back, mate. Thank you. Ashley Mack was born in Ipswich. Growing up in Ebervale didn't affect him very much at all. <laughs> he was no, no, settled yeah. down. He was the first voice on QFM in 1990. Congratulations on that, Ash. He's still a media tart and a small business owner. Welcome in, Ashley Mack. Mate, it's good to be here for episode number 18. Yeah, we're we're chalking them up over the last year and a half. That's for sure. Well, let's kick off this episode talking about the top of town parking day. Now, the idea of this was to temporarily repurpose curbside parking spaces and convert them into parks and social spaces to advocate a safer, greener environment. Ash, you've got your hand up on our Skype call. I drove down through town. Yes. And went, what the hell's going on? And then when I saw something about parking, I thought all they'd done was move the chairs uh, off the footpath into the parking spaces. I thought that, and I thought to myself, that's a good idea. We'll get people eating and down top of it. But where they're going to park? I, it wasn't until I read the paperwork mm-hmm. that I realised that it had anything to do with greening the world and saving the planet. Exactly. Well, it's it's interesting. It started in San Francisco in 2005. I hope council didn't pay any royalties to conduct Parking Day. And supposedly it's celebrated in 160 cities around the world. But Ipswich was the only Australian city to do it this year, which is a little I wonder odd. why. Yeah. Walter, <laughs> what did you think of Parking Day or days? Well, like Ash, I was actually in the city centre on Saturday and I was looking to go and have some breakfast with my little Henry Waffles down mm. at Dancing Bean. Mm. Could not get a park for love nor money. And I went, great, good on you, Parking Day. Now I can't get a park and I can't spend money with local businesses that really need it right now. Isn't it funny how the 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 definition of the word parking changes as you change in age? If this if I'd have been eighteen and I was living in Ipswich, parking meant taking Penelope up to the, the lookout at <laughs> Queen's Park. Uh, I remember going up there one time. We were both so exhausted, we usually fell asleep in the front seat of the car and had to get moved on by the boys in blue. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it's a different well, take on parking day. It certainly is. Well, look, the concept is interesting. It's colourful. 
But uh, as you mentioned there, Walt, uh, wonder what the local businesses thought when the regular curbside parking wasn't available for three days. Mm. I, look, I understand it's good intentions with uh, Marnie Doyle and company, but uh, honestly, if you can't park and can't support local businesses, um, then what is the point of it? Uh, I just I just don't understand it. Why, why do this? Uh, and for anyone who's ever seen the TV series Mr Mercedes, the last thing you want to do is use a green space out on the street. It's very dangerous. Maybe it's something for the future when there's a better bypass road system around the city centre and more off-street parking. I don't know. The jury's out on it, but let's move on to something that is uh, still in the news, the 2022 flood, and Council's launched a flood review. I'm just wondering what Council will find out what we don't know already after 2011, 2013, and again mm. this year. We know Ipswich floods. Is it that we need better warning systems, better education to yes. keep newer residents informed? Walt, you're in the thick of the, the floods. Absolutely. And I undertook the Understanding Your Perspective survey on this uh, website and uh, went through the whole thing. So hopefully someone listens to what I've had to say, because one of the things that comes out of it is I noticed there was a listening tour in Ipswich for those uh, people in various areas. I wasn't even aware there was a listening tour. So how, what's the point of having a listening tour if you're not informing people you've got this tour. And I think that's a, a, a totally separate issue for Council's marketing team, how to get to most Ipswich residents. And we've talked about this in past episodes, the fragmentation of media. Direct mail seems to have dropped off. Uh, mm. the, the mighty Salmat, which was the king of direct mail companies in Australia, went broke. So how do you get to every resident in Ipswich now? There's just so well, much media choice. I, I don't know if you need to get to every resident. All you need to do is look at a flood map and know which residents were affected and get to those residents. And do a letterbox drop to them. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. not rocket science. Mm. Have you noticed the number of um, flood affected properties on the market? Yes. Yeah. And, and they're selling too. Yeah. Oh, look, they'll always sell to investors who want somewhere to to give someone some somewhere to live. Probably that's the, the reason we should have a really good um, warning system. And, and probably the uh, something they could do is if they set, they put on, you know, the street signs where the street names, mm. if they had on that uh, just at the end an arrow that said, okay, in case of flood, go that direction because it, it, like it's so hard to find your way around. Yeah, true. Yeah. When things flood. It may be something like build it into our infrastructure advisory on that. Yeah. Oh, well, after 2011, they put up the flood depth signs. I remember they came up uh, within 12 months of that flood. Yeah, there was also mm -hmm. talk at the time of, of putting flood levels on power poles, but that was considered a bit too scary and would frighten people off and, and, and existing homeowners wouldn't be able to sell their homes. But there's got to be a balance somewhere. And I think it's particularly as newer residents come in who haven't experienced a flood, there needs to be a, an ongoing education program. Uh, well, much like the cyclone season, Ash, you've experienced it too in North Queensland. Mm. At the start of every mm. cyclone season, there's a, a really big public awareness campaign. Maybe we need the same thing here for uh, yeah. the chance of flooding. I'm I'm the type of person who you should move into anywhere that has cyclones because <laughs> when that? I moved to Mackay and the house I bought actually had had the corner of it ripped off in a cyclone years before, I was told by a neighbour. But the whole time we were there, there were no cyclones. As soon as we left, guess what? Boom, one hits. There's been a so, few. Mm, yeah, mm. Just, I'm uh, poor old Japan. Have you seen what's happened to Kyushu? That storm that went through there yesterday, 250 kilometre an hour winds. Phenomenal. That is 
just insane. Yeah, it is insane. Uh, Ashley's Ashley's logic sounds like that Robin Williams movie where the plane crashed into the house. He looks at the house and goes, oh, I'm buying that house. And she goes, no, but a plane crashed in. He goes, it'll never happen again. again. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Thanks <laughs> for that, just my luck. Hey, 2022 marks the uh, 30th anniversary of Springfield, which uh, Springfield Land Corporation, Maha and Rob Sharpless, Maha's in the Thambi I'm talking about there, and Rob Sharpless kicked off. Uh, Everyone said they were mad at the time. It was born under the former Morton Shire Council. They bought this large tract of old forestry land and it became part of Ipswich in 1995 with amalgamation, which I think a lot of people don't realise. What are your earliest memories Walter, I'm thinking that it might be broadcasting live on Star 106.9 when you couldn't get mm. into Springfield except through Old Logan Road. Would that be right? That's right. Yes, back in the early days, it was it was difficult getting in there. Mm. But I, I, I distinctly remember looking at Springfield City when it started and, and seeing the outlay, the, the maps and, and the town perspective of what it could become that Maha had set out. I remember meeting the man himself uh, back in the early days. And, and what a visionary this guy is and still is today. Yes. Here we are 30 years on. Because he had, when you look at it, there was like a handful of houses there originally. But he had in his mind and he had all the the little Lego cities worked out. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, it's brilliant. Pretty, pretty phenomenal master planning. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, can, I can remember some of the milestones. Uh, that was the Centenary Highway extension before it opened. And Springfield Lakes did not have one house in it yet. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a marquee and an opening ceremony. The road sort of stopped there at Springfield Lakes yeah. uh, before it went on to uh, on, on further. Uh, what are the other milestones? Um, the Augusta Parkway when it was just of course a single yes. lane traffic. I remember riding my motorbike through there when there was just bush. And look uh, at it now. Yeah, yeah. It's a freeway. Quite incredible. Uh, people yeah. have got to live somewhere. Uh, Ash, what are your memories? Early memories of uh, the Springfield I- development. Uh, it's funny. I've got a lot of memories of people saying, "Why, why aren't they on their own?" Because they really are. A you know, do we need? We're a very big city, aren't we? Mm. Stretched over a long way. And when they amalgamated this, but did they save that much money? Wouldn't they have better off having their own sort of Springfield Council and this sort of stuff? As you know, there's been talk of that on and off over the years, and the old chestnut that Ipswich ratepayers are paying for new developments. When you buy a block of land, you're already paying for the sewerage, the water, so mm. the existing ratepayers aren't paying for that. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Ash. Um, the Queensland model is bigger councils, not smaller ones. Mm. And I think Ipswich overall has benefited from the Springfield development and the Ripley Valley development, which is also going gangbusters. But isn't it funny when you're listening to the news or the news comes on, it's not, it's Springfield in West Brisbane. Springfield Land Corp, now Springfield City Group, as they call themselves, have done an excellent job of yeah. marketing themselves as a separate identity, which leads me to my next question. Mm. While we're in the media and have been in the media, uh, is there really a Springfield-Ipswich divide with the average resident, do you think? Or do they care? Oh, I think it's a real thing, mm. yeah. Uh, well, it seems like in a lot of cases, Springfield do get some kind of favouritism over what happens here in uh, the central part of Ipswich, the CBD, which has been let go badly for, for many years. It's starting to pick up now, as we know, with the Tonma Place and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the, I think there's a divide. 
It's all a bit of a Ponzi scheme, though, isn't it? Uh, Why is that, Ash? Well, I live in a, 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 I'm at Karana Gardens, right? That little estate near Chua. And the roads are just starting to fall apart. Now, Mm. I actually bought Cess Forbes' house. Cess Forbes was the engineer, the Shire engineer at um, uh, Morton Shire Council. This was his house. And he, uh, when they built this suburb, they had the nice roads through it and it was all pretty well put together. Mm. But it's now too expensive for the council to come through and fix up the roads. The way this system works... The way we set up suburbs is a bit of a Ponzi scheme. It, like, it, it actually deteriorates. And it won't be until, you know, someone gentrifies the suburb in maybe another 30, 40 years that the roads get done properly again because they're falling apart now. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. Parts of Ipswich City are being neglected while Springfield seems to be growing and has fresh roads. And, and there's a lot of properties around Ipswich that are only just getting footpaths and curb and channelling that have been around for 30, 50 years. Mm. Yeah, true. And therein, therein lies a, another history lesson. A lot of Morton Shire was developed without curb and channelling and even sewerage. Whereas yeah, now that right. would be a, uh, a whole different ball game if it was a new development today. There is one more question I want to ask about the Springfield-Ipswich alleged divide. Mm. How can we become one city? That's a tough one. Uh, I don't, don't think it ever happened. Don't know the answer to that one. <clears throat> is it marketing? Is it, is, it a, is it the rail link so people can easily come in either direction? Maybe just in time, it'll end up like that trip to the Gold Coast used to be where you had nothing for miles and miles, and now it's just endless homes. So the same thing will happen between Springfield City and Ipswich. The bridge will be all the new estates, and Mm. then the divide will no longer physically exist. And the psyche will change, you think. Yeah, interesting take on it. Well, let's talk about something fun, and I'm really disappointed I I missed this because I was away on a bit of a road trip uh, in the last month. The Galvanised Festival, did you make it to any of the events, uh, Walt? No, I I didn't, unfortunately. I would have loved to get down to the the beards and bikes thing, even though I don't have either. Um, (laughs) But I think they should throw in beers next year as well. Beers, beards and bikes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be on board for that. I'll even grow a beard for that and get a bike licence. Ash, what about you? Uh, well, I once had a Virago and people <laughs> laughed at me. <laughs> you know, because they apparently, apparently they're not a real bike. <laughs> Most people on motorbikes thought I was a horse, so I couldn't have turned up to that. And when I grow, when I grow a moustache, it's called football team moustache. There's 11 aside. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's about it. No, I didn't get to see any of those. The uh, one thing, there was a, a photographic display by, um, I'm just trying to think his name. He's a real estate agent and he... Um, Jason McNamara. Jason, Jason. Yeah, Jason's, uh, I've seen so many posts about it and mm. I'd love to go see it. Was that part of that? Um, that I don't think it was officially part of galvanised i think it's just on at the art gallery isn't it yeah mm. and that that looks really really good but mm. no i didn't get to the any of the other things probably well, too busy on lawns yeah probably i'll, I'll <laughs> mark it in my calendar for next year i'd like to go yeah, to that absolutely uh, bikes yeah, beers yeah, and barbecue yeah. event it's just a, it coincided with father's day that event so yes. i had stuff planned that oh, day naturally there you go peter mcmahon is a name we all know in ipswich he is a local legend uh, associated previously with mcmahon soft drinks and he also now has the Swim Factory. What are your memories of McMahon soft drinks and your favourite flavours, Ash? Anything. I don't remember but, it personally, but I've seen oh, it. Anything. It was great. And it was. Yeah. And the other thing is they had a bottle that was called a dump. 
right? It was an unusual <laughs> shape. No, no, seriously. It was, it, was, it was called the dump bottle. It was not the tall thin. It was sort of fat and round and um, anything. And you'd get a bottle of anything and your chips from Galicia's fish shop and you that for for the midday for, sorry for the intermission at the winter garden theater you had to have the mcdonald uh, mcdonald uh, mcmahon soft drinks by the way that's not why i remember peter right why is it peter was actually um a member of a railway swimming club peter's about 10 years older than me right so he was the older big guy swimming guy when I was the little fella mm-hmm. in the swimming. And uh, my history with them is that and also I work with his son in real estate. And I work with his daughter-in-law now at the the hospital. <laughs> so I'm surrounded by the bloody McMahons. <laughs> <laughs> they're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. Great people, though. Walter. My children, yeah, my children uh, both went through Peter McMahon's swim factory in the old uh, soft drink um, factory, and it was great for them. They both came out very good swimmers to this day. They're competent swimmers. Uh, what I'm surprised about is that Peter is celebrating 78 years of age. And he is not I, slowing down. He looks amazing. I mean, I, I catch up with him occasionally, and I'm I'm the voice on their, um, some of their promotional material, and they're on hold. Uh, so, you know, in, in full disclosure, uh, <laughs> But uh, I, I thought Pete was only probably 10 years older than me, but I, I didn't realise he had that much because uh, he's, he's so fit and vital, isn't he? Well, I, I do see him from time to time. At uh, I see him almost every week, actually, at uh, Rotary. And he does regular swimming almost yeah. every other day. That's what he tells he's me. On, so that's keeping him fit. Event. Didn't he? Or got second in a... Oh, yes. He's done master's. the Masters. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fit little Vegemite. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he, he swims further than I bloody walk. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't far. That's right. Well, we offer our congratulations to uh, Peter McMahon on uh, continued success of the Swim Factory. And, I'm, of course, the second one out at Orion Shopping Centre, yes. talking of Springfield. And he has another two plan in the planning stages. Oh, really? Yes, no, the empire is expanding. But that's Good for another you. day. Uh, I, I mentioned a short time ago that I was away on a road trip in the last month, so I thought we might mm. reminisce about road trips as a kid. Ash, I want to come to you first as our local connection growing up in Ebervale. What are mm. your memories of road trips and where did you go? I remember being 12 years old and Dad got out the uh, the HQ Kingswood, a Dublin green with a white top it was, and green upholstery, bench seat in the front. And we'd, we'd jump in the car, Mum, me and my sister, and, and go out on a Sunday, go for a Sunday drive. And it's usually somewhere like, well, we'd pick somewhere where, where there was a view. So you'd either do um, Warwick and go up the Cunningham's Gap mm-hmm. or the Toowoomba Range or something like that. But you'd have to stop at the little... Um, roadside stores to get your fruit and veggies on your way and that sort of stuff because mm. you always get it off the farm and and, and Aratula in those days. So I think Aratula even then had a had a bakery. You could stop and get something to eat there as well. Um, that's where we used to go. Just on this, You're meaning on weekend, you know. Yeah, just, the, just, just Saturday or Sunday afternoon trips out. I, they used to be a big thing. And the other thing was the, the – uh, <laughs> do you remember the, the single lane road to the Gold Coast? I do. You can still see one of the bridges there at, at uh, near the um, the Beanley yep. um, Rum Factory across the road. There's that unusual red bridge. That's the original red bridge, and you used to go down and you'd come out near the, the old crab farm, and it, it there was no um, Logan Motorway, so you had to go all the way down to Granard Road, right across over to Logan Road, then um, down Logan Road uh, onto the Gold Coast Highway, and all the way down. It used to take like one and a half hours. 
Oh, easily. Oh, yeah, yeah, to get to the that, no, that was to the top end of the coast. If you went to the bottom end of the coast, you had to pack your lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were just commenting on this the other day. How much quicker it is now? The M ones there. I know when it, when you get a good run, it it is a great run. Well, uh, you and I might have similar memories growing up in Townsville. One of my mm. favourite weekend family drives that we used to get taken on was the big one was to go to Paluma at Mount Speck. Ah. Yes, I was hoping you'd say that. Because it was a very narrow, single-lane road, quite oh, hairy to get up and down. Still that. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but we went there to escape the heat. Mm, yeah, you did. You had uh, Crystal Creek running through Paluma there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful as you get to the top, which we call Mount Speck. Um, I love those trips. And then uh, one of my uncles had a cane farm out at Matani, uh, which is sort of halfway between Townsville and Ingham and Innisfail and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was beautiful. And it had Crystal Creek actually running through the back of their cane farm. They had uh, several hundred acres. Uh, it was just wonderful childhood memories growing up, eating mangoes under the mango trees and yeah. until you turned yellow. But you don't have to do it that way anymore, by the way. You don't. You can just jump on Google, um, what do you call it, Google thing. And Google you, Maps. You, you, your maps I know. Follow, and then follow the maps and have a look and say, okay, look, oh, look we just passed that. You know, <laughs> you can do it's it the cheapest way to travel with $2 fuel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, not quite the same experience. But, of course, this was also in the era, and we're talking 60s, 70s, when mm. urban area hotels were mm. only open for um, two hours at lunchtime and two hours oh, yeah. late afternoon on a Sunday. Mm. But if a pub was a certain distance from a major town, it could trade all day. And I yeah. remember one of those hotels was the Rolling Stone Pub. Oh, yeah. And uh, before, Legendary. before the days of point oh five, Sunday was its biggest day because everybody <laughs> would come up from Townsville to go yeah. to the Rolling Stone Pub. And the kids would have a pink lemonade and mum and dad would have the real deal. Yeah, that was a, uh, a gamble as to whether you got home. Uh, it, it was a gamble. And yeah. th- thankfully yeah. we did. Do you think kids of today are getting the same experience? No. Oh, no, no, they don't get that. So many people find it so hard to run a car at the moment because of the the sheer cost. Mm. You can see there's less less traffic on the road. No, we'll stay at home. You can play your game on the Xbox. Yeah, I suppose that is all that. Uh, caravans yeah. and camping are certainly flavour of the month because crossing the Nullarbor, I have never seen so many caravans on a major highway. It was either mm. road trains or caravans. So. There's some money about somewhere, and no yeah. wonder it's taking six to 12 months to buy a new caravan. Ash? My uh, my uh, son, oldest son, Adam, is uh, about two weeks ago, left um, Moranbar, and he's now in Weeper. He's going, he's taking his two uh, five-year-old sons, the twins, and his wife to uh, the top of Cape York. Mm. And he sent me a picture the other day. I wonder if I, I mean, it's useless doing a picture on a podcast, but he's got, <laughs> he's got, he's got a. Uh, You've worked uh, in radio. Yeah, he's got a Triton. You know, these Triton, it's, he's, he bought it like 11 years ago and his yeah. wife wouldn't let him use the Prado. Yeah. So he's got this Triton connected up to the, um, this trailer. And he sent me a photo the other day. He said, Dad, I was going down through this culvert and all of a sudden I heard the jingling of, uh, you know, the chains on the back. He has bent the Triton. You know, you see those photos with the cars bent? He's oh. done it. He's bent it and he's up there. He's still driving it, though. Wow. He's still driving this bent Triton around North Queensland. So. But the kids are loving it. You should see the photos of what the kids are getting up to. They are just having a ball. Oh, that's mm. great. great. Great to hear. This uh, chat over the back fence is coming to a close very quickly. Is there anything I've missed? Uh, 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 
I'd just like to add one thing. Yeah. Last weekend, on my, I, one of the things I enjoy doing is getting rid of all the crap around here and going to the dump. So I went down to Riverview with my piled-up trailer mm-hmm. and it, look, tried to do the right thing, put the cardboard where the cardboard goes, everything where it's supposed to go, and I'd emptied everything out except for a fire extinguisher, which was out of date. And I thought, no, where do I put the fire extinguisher? Where does it go? So I went up to this bloke and I said, hey, because he's in the Ipswich City Council uniform, mm. where, where do I put this? He said, oh, you can't dump that, mate. You've got to take it with you. But next Sunday, and I, everybody should know this, this is the 25th, is it? Yeah, the 25th, they've got the place open for all the chemicals and crap you've got around your house to get rid of it, all the dangerous stuff which is a really good idea. That Mm. is a fantastic idea, and it is something Council has been doing on an annual basis for well over a decade, if I was to pick a number. Um, But, of course, again, we talk about how does council get a message to all residents. So you've you've heard about it firsthand, Ash, and you're going back on Sunday. Mate, I'm going back on Sunday because all that paint and all those old garden chemicals and all that... Crapola that I've been hanging on to, <laughs> including that fire extinguisher, is going to the dump. All right, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for the great yarn over the back fence, gentlemen. We'll do it again next month. Thanks, Ash. See ya. Thanks, Walter. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Ash. A reminder to look for handy links in the show notes. And if you have any feedback about the show, please go to the Ipswich Today website. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.